The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by our mini helmet contest. The SGP mini helmets are now in the store, and we're giving one away for free. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash helmet to enter. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash helmet. And football bingo is back, this time for the NFL Christmas Day Slate. Free to play, and every bingo gets $100, a $100 SGPN gift card exclusively on the SGPN app. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Wednesday, December 21st, here to recap the action in the NBA on Tuesday and get into the schedule for the Wednesday night in the NBA. And joining me here to help me break down the card, the man that has been cashing the dogs all week long, the voice on the NBA Gambling Podcast, the NFL Gambling Podcast, Tennis Gambling Podcast, WNBA Gambling Podcast, and does phenomenal work producing the shows as well. It's Scott Studio Reichel. Scott, what's going on, my man? That feels pretty good. Unfortunately, I let you and Delonte down because I was the only one to not cash a lock yesterday. I know you and Delonte both swept. Unfortunately, I had to settle for splitting. However, did hit the plus 270 dog with Morant. Not exactly sure how he got the 35, but he did. <laughs> so can't complain anytime you hit a plus 270 dog. But as a whole, based on the locks and dogs, we went five and one. So great show overall, and hopefully we keep it rolling. Yeah, great night last night uh, in the NBA for us. Five and one, like Scott said. Uh, got some alt lines in there. Got some player props that we hit. Uh, so pretty good night. Hopefully we can continue that here on uh, Wednesday in the NBA with a lot more games. But, um, yeah, I think we handicapped them pretty well yesterday, Scott. Um, Utah was in a good spot to bounce back after the game in Cleveland. They took care of business um, in convincing fashion. Lori Markkinen, or like you like to say, Lori Bird, mm-hmm. uh, which is absolutely phenomenal last night for the Utah Jazz. He finished the game, I believe, a career high, 38 points, yeah. um, 9 of 13 from three-point land. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt feels, uh, chipped in with a double-double, 18 points, 13 rebounds. Uh, Jordan Clarkson also had 21 points for the Utah Jazz. And Malik Beasley off the bench also had 17 points for the Utah Jazz. I did have Jalen Duran, uh, sorry, Jalen Duran um, on his rebounds. He finished the game with 14 rebounds. There was one possession, I think it was in the second half, where he got three offensive rebounds on 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 one on one possession and i think that was really what kind of separated him getting to over on his rebounding props but he finished up with six offensive rebounds that game 14 um rebounds overall i know uh delante had the minus two and a half on the jazz i took the all line at minus four and a half so pretty good night as far as that game went for us i guess the dot of the night was really the uh memphis and the denver game last night scott yeah, uh, well, I thought Memphis had a good chance to win. Then 
it was one of those random middle afternoon line moves after the show aired where initially a lot of money came in on Memphis and I thought it was warranted. And then Memphis went from around minus one and a half, minus two to plus one with really no new injury news whatsoever. In fact, I think everyone from Denver who we thought might miss ended up missing. And yet money poured in on Denver and then Denver just destroyed them from start to finish. So I don't really know where the money came from, but it was apparently sharp, and I was on the wrong side of it because I leaned to Memphis. But definitely a dud. Denver opened up a double-digit lead in the first quarter, Mm -hmm. and I'm not sure Memphis ever cut it back to single digits in the entire rest of the game. It was really just a blowout from start to finish. It wasn't like a a 20- to 30-point win like what the Knicks had. It felt like the Grizzlies kept hovering around that 15-point mark. Yeah, They were never really able to get closer but they never really ended up getting further away. It was around 15 basically the entire game. Yeah. But Jokic had a casual 13-13-13 and 13 game. Unfortunately, didn't go for 40-27-10, and 10, but you know you got to take your triple-double so you can get them. Yeah. That's kind of my main takeaway, which isn't really anything new, but I do want to at least bring it up. I don't think he's going to win the MVP the third straight year because I think the media is going to freeze him out. Yeah. Does he deserve it? Yeah, starting to feel like he deserves it. I think we talked about this yesterday, right? I, I think that what you said is that the media are probably not going to give it to him, but I think that he wholeheartedly deserves it just because the impact that he has on this team, especially when Michael they're Porter the one has, seed right now. Yeah, and they're the number one seed. Michael Porter, you're arguably a third best player. You probably talk about Aaron Gordon as your third best player. Um, those guys have been in and out of the lineup. Jamal Murray, I know he's been back this season, but still trying to get his legs back under him. Uh, he's been missing games as well for the Denver Nuggets, and Jokic has just been chugging along, dropping casual triple-doubles, having casual 20-plus rebounding games. And I think last night some of the dimes that you saw from Jokic was just incredible to see. And at a point, Scott, it surprises you, but at the same time it doesn't surprise you what this guy's able to do uh, on the court for the Denver Nuggets. You're at the point where Jokic – even when he first started out, when you first became an all-star and you're kind of wondering, what the hell is this? Like, he's just a center who can facilitate. It looks like he's moving at three miles per hour, but nobody could stop him. Yeah, Nothing really has changed from that perspective. Yeah. But I feel like everyone acknowledges just how good his vision is, but you still have to see it to believe it. Yeah. Where he does something, at least one thing every night that you probably have not seen before. And I'm not saying that I've never seen a between-the-legs self-nutmeg pass from a center. Yeah. But the angle that he used to get Brown wide open for a dunk on that play, I don't think I've really seen before. Most people just bounce it directly to the guy. He led him with like a certain angle while going through his own legs. I, I don't even know if I've seen that before from that perspective, but... We keep talking about Jokic's odds. Keep They keep plummeting, as they should, because his numbers are insane. First of all, let's start this way. If I had a vote right now, I would give it to Jokic. My yeah. question for you is, do you think he has a shot of actually wearing down voters into giving him his third straight MVP, or do you think he's going to get f- kind of like frozen out? Because there's no runaway candidate right now. There's flaws with every candidate. Right. I think if they end up as a number one seed. It's tough to ignore him if he's the one seed. Yeah. I I think let's just assume that let's just say Boston ends up as a number one seed in the East. And Milwaukee's two. 
yeah, Milwaukee's two, and Denver ends up as the number one seed in the West. And let's just say New Orleans ends up as a number two seed. I think, personally, I think, and I'm maybe a little biased here, but I think you'd probably give Joe Mazzulla the coach of the year just because of everything that transpired for this Boston Celtics team in the offseason, for him to step in and take this team to be a number one seed in the East, and then Jokic, damn near averaging close to a triple-double. I mean, not exactly yeah. there. The assist he, probably he has a chance to reach it. I mean, it's yeah. not that far-fetched. Yeah, so if that happens, they end up as a number one seed. It's going to be hard to ignore. And if you're if if these voters watch the game and, and see the impact that Jokic has on the court for this team, it's hard to ignore and not give him the vote for the MVP for a third straight year. So I would vote for Jokic. I don't have money on it right now, but I mean, at 10 to 1 right now, it's just, that's the price that we're seeing. I think you you got to put a few dollars on it. I think the main argument, even if you think he won't potentially win it, is the fact that 10 to 1 is not going to be there probably a month from now. Yeah. I, I get, this line's only going to go down. And right. especially with Jokic, who I think one of, one of his most underrated attributes is his durability. He's really yeah. like never hurt ever. Yeah. He, he plays at that. least 70 games every year. So yeah. you don't exactly have to worry, knock on wood, on him missing games. I can't say the same about Giannis. Giannis has missed his fair share of games in the past. It's not as bad as Embiid, but he still missed some games here and there. Even Tatum's missed some games on occasion. I think the fact that Boston could potentially follow the, I don't want to say blueprint, but we've seen it before where they're such a good team, they only get one award. They'll win coach of the year, they'll win some other award, and Mm -hmm. that's kind of the voters' due diligence to recognize how good the team is. It's like, I mean, the Atlanta Hawks didn't exactly have an MVP candidate back when Bootenhoser was there, but he would win coach of the year, and you'd go, okay, that's our recognition for how good this is. We'll give LeBron MVP. Like yeah. I, there, It has been done in the past where you can kind of spread the love amongst good teams by giving different awards to just different people on different squads, mm-hmm. and that way you universally acknowledge how good some teams are. Yeah, I think the Celtics, I think they need the one seed in order to actually get Missoula the award. Like, I think yeah. if Milwaukee gets the one, I'm not sure Missoula would get it. Okay. But then I don't think Tatum would get MVP either. No. So it's tricky, but if you want to use the MLB war angle, which I don't know if that even exists in basketball, it's mostly just win shares. It's kind of the it, same idea. So I think for NBA, it's more. Uh, player efficiency rating. That's usually the guy that always wins the MVP. Yeah, it's it's PER mostly for that. Yeah. But I'm saying if you wanted to use the argument for like win shares or who's the most important yeah. player to his team. Right. If you took Jokic and sent him on a three-month vacation, Denver might win like five games. Yeah. Like this I team agree. isn't winning anything right. without Jokic. And yeah. I think Boston can win games without Tatum. I think that Milwaukee can win games without Giannis. We've seen it before, historically speaking. I think Denver's a lost cause of that Jokic. I think that he's the heart and soul of the entire team. And if they're the one seed, you kind of have to give it to him. Yeah, I agree. Um, Right now, he's averaging 24.7 points per game, 11 rebounds, 9.2 assists. A triple-double is reasonable. Yeah, it is. It really is. Um, Because Jamal Murray's really not a guy that racks up the assists, right? He's more of a scoring point guard for this team. 
Um, and talk about the durability of Jokic. Ever since he's entered the league, he's played at least 70 games uh, in every single season. And once the, he did officially become a starter back in the 27-2018 season, he started um, 70, at least 73 games in every single season. Uh, one season where he played 72. But the point is, he hasn't missed more than 10 games Um ever since he's entered the NBA and became a uh, NBA player. So durability is, is, is not a concern for uh, Jokic. He's always out there playing basketball for uh, the Denver Nuggets. Uh, anything else from last night, Scott, before we do move on, do we need to address the Phoenix Suns? And I'm not sure if you saw Aiden, uh, Bridges and just, Aiden getting into it. Yeah. I don't really know if we have to fully address it because we have been talking in the past couple of weeks about how Phoenix just doesn't look like a serious contender. And we knew during the offseason that the Suns didn't exactly want to forfeit Aiton for free. But we knew that there was definitely some type of, you know, issues going on behind the scenes. And it seems like it's really just coming to a head right now. But Phoenix is, you know, going kind of through the motions at this point. We know that in the regular season, they should finish as a top three seed, barring a total implosion or top five seed, do we think they're actually going to win the win anything in the playoffs? No. I can't even overreact to what happened yesterday. It was a back-to-back, and Booker didn't play. Yeah. So it wasn't a good win. They blew it. Uh, at some point, I believe they led by eight points in the fourth quarter. But yeah. I do think that Phoenix long-term has a lot of problems, and we're starting to see – it's really just Aiton, who clearly doesn't want to be there. Yeah. But can you really roast Aiton when he still goes for 30-10? and 10? Like, no. he was their best player last night, no matter yeah. how toxic you think he might be. Yeah, I think there's a possibility. I mean, he can't get traded after January something, right? Do you think As they first. trade him? I mean, look, if if it's really messing with the chemistry and it's creating a toxic environment, and if he doesn't want to be there, you can get some type of return for him. If you Let's talk about the Pacers. I think the Pacers were the team that signed him to that offer sheet. Yeah, You could build a package around – what Miles Turner throw in Buddy Heald in there as well? I mean, I'm just throwing names out there, but I think there's a package that could be out there. And maybe throwing like a Nemhart, maybe a first round pick or two. Something yeah. Like so, and I think they they could use another shooter like a Buddy Heald, or maybe even you bring Buddy Heald off the bench because we talked about this last season that they need that Eric Gordon type or that Terrence Ross type coming off of the bench for this team. So they need a lot of help if we're being honest. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think they're too far away. I think that if obviously if CP3 can stay healthy, um, you have Devin Booker, and let's say you get Miles Turner to fill in for DeAndre Aiden, and you get another guy or two coming off the bench. I, I think they would be okay, but um, I think they'd be I think they'd be okay, but I don't think they'd be good enough yeah, to actually win a title. Yeah, and yeah. you're looking at Turner and Aiden, and yes, I know Aiden's passive at times. It kind of annoys us when we watch him play. He's yeah. seven feet tall, and we want him to just dominate a game. Yeah, he's significantly better offensively than the Pacers than uh, Miles Turner is on the Pacers. So I just think Phoenix's offense would take a would take a step back. The defense would improve, but yeah. Turner also can't stay healthy. So there's a couple question yeah. marks there. But Indiana, they've also played well this season. I don't know if they'd want to fully blow it up, but at the end of the day, you can make an argument that Aiton is still very young. He can grow with Halliburton. He can grow with some of these other guys on the roster. So that could make sense. But I don't know. Phoenix, I I really didn't have much of a reaction to what happened against Washington last night because 
I feel like we kind of knew this was coming. It was just a matter of when there'd be a blow up on the court. Yeah. And it happened last night, right? Between Bridges and Aiton. So my main takeaway was Miami. I think Miami is just not a good basketball team. And we, we knew that going in. I, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that Miami might be in panic mode. And yeah. I feel like I don't remember if it was Terrell or you or kind of all the above where it was a little early and we weren't fully willing to dive in and say the Heat are screwed. And yes, I know Jimmy Butler didn't play last night, but I feel like we got to talk about Miami. This team is really not that good. And I was a little early to the party. I didn't fully jump in uh, with both feet. I kind of like jumped in with a foot and a half. But yeah. still, what's the panic level at for, let's say, let's say Phoenix and Miami? Because I know the Eastern Conference isn't great, and Miami is hovering around the eighth seed. Mm-hmm. I don't know what Miami does well. They don't even win at home anymore. For Miami, it's... It's a struggle always going through their injury report every mm-hmm. single day, right? And it's not going to change throughout the year. Yeah, and I forgot which team it was that had – was it the Nets last year with the Cole Kyrie situation that they just didn't have that continuity and that chemistry for them to win enough games or just have that same argument with the Clippers because the Clippers had to play without Kawhi and Paul George yeah. for half the year. Kawhi for the entire season, but still. Yeah, but when you're starting guys like Highsmith – I mean, no disrespect to these guys, but – when, when Jimmy Butler is missing almost every other game and Victor Oladipo is trying to work his way back and play starter minutes again and you don't know what you're going to get from Duncan Robinson. Like Duncan Robinson last night put up 12 shots and all 12 of those were from three-point line. And I think that the bench wears thin when it's guys like Jamal Kane and Jovic and Dwayne Dedman coming off of the bench. And last year when this team was healthy and they were playing together, they ended up as a number one seed. We know what this team is capable of, but it, it, there's there's something to it when we talk about team having chemistry and playing with each other and playing for each other. Uh, that's what creates a success. But for Miami, again, when guys are in and out of the lineup and dealing with injuries, that's going to mess with you. And that and that's what's really been the result of the season so far in my eyes. They are 16-16, and 9-7. and seven. We know that they haven't been very good against the spread when we're talking about it from a gambling perspective, but – I'm not. I don't want to push the panic button yet on the Miami Heat. I think I would be more concerned about the Phoenix Suns and even the Chicago Bulls. I mean, we already talked about those. Like they should blow it up, but I think Miami's going to be okay once all their guys are healthy. I think they're going to be okay. But I'm going to ask you though: when you say okay, what do you think is the realistic ceiling for this team? I think there's no chance they win the Eastern Conference. Let's get that out of the way. I think they could get to the Eastern Conference Finals, but maybe really, not you do. It. Yeah. I do. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know if they can. Okay. And and Lou's mentioning how the Bulls had a full squad. Miami was injured. Miami's always shorthand on the injury report. So yeah. I don't know how they're even going to hold up physically over a decently long playoff run. Even Because they might they might be in the play-in. Yeah. It's not even that far-fetched that they might be in the play-in. So... I think Miami, I think their ceiling might be a second-round elimination. Like, I, I really just don't think they're that good of a basketball team. And Jimmy Butler playing, of course, helps. But when you miss time all the time in the regular season, and I know that he's, I know that they've kind of had this philosophy for several years, I wonder how bad the chemistry is going to be in the playoffs when you're against guys who play with each other every single game. And yeah. Miami was just making up starting lineups for the entire season. 
Yeah. And they were uh, hurt last year too, right? Like yeah. I think Jimmy was dealing with the ankle. Tyler Hero was in uh, the lineup as well. So Even PJ Tucker missed some yeah. time. I know Oladipo started yesterday. I thought he was okay, I guess. But yeah. it just seems like Miami is a team that I was low on, at least lower on than you and Terrell early on. Yeah. Nothing has changed. This Miami team just seems to be basically a 500 team, and people expect them to kind of flip a switch. Yeah. I'm not sure if they're going to flip a switch. I don't think this team is very good. Yeah. Um, all right, uh, Scott, anything else from last night before we get into the schedule here for tonight? Uh, no. I mean, we're going to talk about the Knicks in a little bit because they play again, but the yeah. Knicks absolutely beat the crap out of Golden State. Uh, I like the Knicks. I thought the line was ridiculous, but – yeah, the Knicks are surging, and that's yeah. kind of the other takeaway. They've just been a really good basketball team for the last two weeks. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's get into the schedule here for tonight on Wednesday. Uh, I think we have about 10-plus games here tonight, so let's just dive right into it. With the first game on the schedule, probably the game of the night, that's going to be the Milwaukee Bucks headed to Cleveland to take on the Cavaliers. Um, yeah, not on TV. Game of the night, not even on TV. Well, none go. of these is Wednesday. Yes, well, we got both. They have the Warriors next game on NBA TV. Oh, yeah, NBA TV. Which was yeah. supposed to be good, you know, before the season started. And now Golden State's missing its entire team, basically. Yeah. So there you go. Um, yeah, they need to get that flex option in there for the NBA as well. But hey, that's why you signed up for League Pass. Uh, all right, looking at the opening lines for this game, Cleveland opened up as a uh, two-point favorite. That number has pretty much stayed the course at minus two. Uh, I do see some minus two-and-a-halves popping up over on win bet. Um, total open about 217. That number has pretty much stayed the course. Uh do see some 217-and-a-halves out there. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams, let's start here with the Milwaukee Bucks. Pretty clean injury report other than Chris Middleton is doubtful here tonight. For the Milwaukee Bucks, for the Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, only Lamar Stevens is doubtful here tonight. He's dealing with right knee soreness. Um, Dean Wade continues to be out with a low left shoulder sprain, but everybody else is a go in this game here uh, tonight, Scott. Um, minus two here for the Cleveland Cavaliers. We know how good of a team the Cavs have been at home, especially against the spread this season, where they are 12-4-1 against the spread, 11-4-1 as uh, home favorites. Seven and ten to the under, or sorry, ten seven to the under uh, so far this season at home, and nineteen and thirteen to the under overall. Uh, Milwaukee, another team that has been favorable to the under on the road, nine and four. But let's start with the side here, Cleveland minus two. What do you think, Scott? I think this one's very tricky because I understand why Cleveland's favored. They're really good at home. However, they have lost each of the last each of the two meetings against Milwaukee this season. And they were up by a lot, and I think it was the first meeting, and then Milwaukee blitzed them in the third quarter. And then the second meeting, Miami kind of coast, uh, Milwaukee kind of coasted. Yeah. The thing is, Cleveland really should win this game because they're at home. They have a double revenge angle, whatever you want to call it. But this game should mean a lot more to Cleveland than it does to Milwaukee. However, we've seen Milwaukee in the last couple of years, mostly the Bulls, for example. They're just a couple of teams they own. And there's just nothing you can do about it. Like, Milwaukee is just better than you. You're going to try to be competitive, but they're just going to smack you after 48 minutes. You might be winning after 36, but after 48, Milwaukee's going to win. Is Cleveland that team for Milwaukee this year? Does, is, does Milwaukee just have their number? Or do you think Cleveland was still able to hang around, had one bad quarter, and that yeah. was all it took? But do you want to lay two? I know Cleveland's great at home, but I have to acknowledge that Milwaukee – has really just looked like the better team, and I feel like they're a pretty good matchup 
against Cleveland. So I'm kind of torn on this one. I do like Cleveland here tonight in this game. I'm leaning uh, Cleveland too, but I'm at least yeah. acknowledging that it feels yeah, like sure. Milwaukee has their number. Yeah, Milwaukee, those and both those games were on the road, right, in Milwaukee uh, this season mm. between these two teams. But there's just something about this Cleveland team that they play really well at home, especially defensively, right, where a lot of their games they do go under and a lot of their – and if you look at their defensive ratings um, – over the last 10 games, Cleveland number seven. And if we just filter that to the season long, I believe they are the best defensive rated team at home. I think right behind, yeah, right behind Memphis. So um, I think this is a good get up spot here. Maybe, you know, you talk about the revenge angle that, hey, they've already beat us twice. Um, and you talk about that maybe they do have their number, but I think this is a game. Where and I, I'm curious to see if both Evan Mobley and Jared Allen did play in that game or not for uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers, but they have the, the the size inside at least a rim protection to kind of control Giannis from getting to the basket. And if they, even if Giannis is able to get there, he gets to the foul line. Not the greatest free throw shooter, but I think that without Chris Middleton, who hasn't really been playing well either, but I think this is a good spot here tonight for the Cleveland Cavaliers. They've had a day off. The short line, I would probably just look at it at the money line here. Minus, I see minus 125s, minus mm -hmm. 130s out there for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, so I'm going to roll with the Cavs here tonight. I really do like them in the spot here against Milwaukee. Yeah, for the spot alone, I'm on Cleveland. But I at least want to point out, so far, it seems like Milwaukee has this team's number. Yeah. But since they're 2-0 in the head-to-head, -head, Cleveland's great at home, and Cleveland's still favored in this game despite being 0-2 against Milwaukee. They're daring you to take the Bucks. I'm yeah. going to take Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, total here, Scott, uh, 217 and a half currently over at win bet. Uh, I'm leaning towards the under in this game, though. I'm, I'm leaning under, but I, I feel like when you have two great defensive teams that are also capable of scoring, you have to wonder when you pass that point of the mm -hmm. totals too low, no matter what, how much I like the defenses. Yeah. So I don't think we're fully there yet. <laughs> I, I think you're going to see a very close game to the total. But looking at the two meetings this season, first meeting landed 211, second meeting landed 219. I think this total is a little bit high. It's going to be close. I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but I'm going to lean to the yeah. end. Okay. Uh, any player props you're looking at in this game? Uh, I'm trying to think of what I actually like for player props here. Uh, sure, this is not really. I, I, I feel like since I like the under, I'm expecting both teams to kind of figure it out as we go offensively. Sure. Giannis was at 29 and a half, which yeah. I don't know how I feel about taking. Of course, you blindly want to take the over, but I think Cleveland defensively could have a good game plan for him. I'd probably look for Bobby Portis, maybe okay. make some pivot moves if you want to take Lopez. I know Lopez had an insane three-point shooting game last time out against the Pelicans. Mm -hmm. uh, Jared Allen might sag into the paint to try to stop Giannis, so maybe I don't mind a Lopez three-pointer prop here, but for most props in general, does this feel like a Mitchell game to you? Yeah, that's what I mean. My question is, who do you think Drew Holiday is going to be matched up on? Is it going to be Darius Garland or is it going to be Donovan Mitchell? I also am not sure how much the individual matchups matter anymore when you run about seven pick and rolls per, per possession in the NBA. Yeah. You're going to be switching everything anyway, so I, I don't know if it really matters that much. But, I mean, I, I just think you're probably going to see Mitchell uh, show up and have it at least – 27. I think he should have a great game here. I think Garland might be the odd man out, but we'll see. 
Yeah, 23 in one matchup and then 29 in the other matchup. Um, three of it's nine. Props, well, from, 27 and a half, 26 and a half. Uh, let's see. Points prop for Mitchell, 26 and a half. Yeah, I, I, I think that Holiday is probably going to alternate. He might okay. mostly be on Mitchell. But you also want to wonder, with Middleton most likely being out, do you try to put Holiday on, let's just say, Garland so he can conserve some energy for the offensive end? I uh yeah, I think that it's gonna have to be led by Donovan Mitchell here tonight. He's had like we said two pretty good games against them, but I I, I just think it's really gonna come down to Jared Allen and Evan Mobley just really trying to build the wall and then against Giannis and then really protecting the paint. Uh, That's why I mentioned really, Lopez because I got to assume that Allen's gonna have to shots. sag off. Yeah, I just yeah. think you're gonna end up seeing matchups here. Uh, for uh, Lopez to exploit from the outside. And hopefully, I believe his number's at one and a half threes. I'll look to the over on that. But yeah, Aaron, I like Portis because he keeps cashing bets for us. I mean, he's underpriced all the time and he's a very, very good bench player. Yeah, one game this season, uh, Brooke Lopez, 29 points, seven of nine from three-point line. And then uh, the last game, two of two from three-point line. So he has gone over uh, in both of those games. Mind you, only shot up two in that last game, but he did make both. So maybe that is worth a look here tonight as yeah, well. Yeah, but you're, you're trying to think of how Cleveland's going to guard Milwaukee or try to. Yeah. You can't give Giannis a free run at the lane. You're going to feel better off letting Lopez shoot open jump shots from the outside than letting Giannis get free layups or dunks. So you have to trade off somehow. I think Lopez should get a lot of open looks from the outside. Yeah. Uh, anything else for this game, Scott? No, not really. I think it's going to be a very good game, and I'll probably end up watching some of it. All right. Uh, let's get over to the next game of the night. It's going to be the Detroit Pistons in Philly to take on the Sixers, 7 o'clock Eastern start. Uh, looking at the opening lines for this game, I see the Sixers open up as a 12-point favorite. Uh, that number has been bet down a little bit to minus 11.5. Uh, total opened up at 225. That number is now at 223.5. Also see some 222.5s out there as well for this game. Uh, looking at the injury report for the Philadelphia 76ers here, Furkan Korkmaz is questionable here tonight with a non-COVID-related illness. Uh, Saban Lee, Tyrese Maxey, and Jaden Springer are all, all, are all out for the Sixers. Uh, Pistons, not yet once submitted. They get some extra time because they are on a back-to-back situation here where they did uh, get uh, drubbed by the Utah Jazz last night and are in a back-to-back here, like I mentioned. Um, in back-to-back games so far this season, the Detroit Pistons four and three against the spread. They are four two and one to the over. And you know we talked about this a little bit yesterday, Scott. That the Pistons, for whatever reason, they play better defense uh, on the road than they do at home. Not sure how much that's going to matter here when they have to go up against Joel Embiid, if Jalen Duran or Marvin Bagley or Isaiah Stewart is going to be able to stay in front of a guy like Joel Embiid here tonight. But what are your thoughts on the side here? Big number at minus 11 and a half uh, for the Sixers hosting the Detroit Pistons. You mentioned the side first. I think my favorite play is going to be on the total. Uh, I like the over. I like Philly team total over. Uh, If you want to look at Detroit's defense for the last couple of games, uh, not good. Uh, To go through the numbers in order, starting from the game against Utah uh, yesterday, this points allowed. 126, 124, 122, 134. It was 127 in regulation in that game. Uh, 124 against the Lakers. So each of the last five games, they've allowed at least 122 in regulation. You're looking at Philly offensively, and yes, they struggled against Toronto, but Toronto always plays them tough defensively. 
but you're looking at Philly's offense in the last couple of games, and they have been really good as well. Uh, you're looking at Philly. Uh, they had 104 against Toronto. I just mentioned how Toronto tends to guard them well. Uh, 118 against Golden State, 123 against the Kings, 131 against the Hornets, 133 against the Lakers, 123 against the Rockets. I think Philly should score 120 in this game. You should should. see pace. Detroit can't guard anybody. Team totals around 117.5. I think it's too low. I'll take Philly team total over. Yeah, that's a good look. Um, and that was really my handicap yesterday as well for the for the sorry for the Jazz team total over because this Detroit uh, doesn't even try to guard anybody. Yeah, they don't. And that paint there uh, in the paint, I believe they rank yeah number twenty eight out of thirty teams where they allow fifty four points inside the paint. If um, this game's not a blowout yeah. and like Detroit somehow hangs in there, Embiid should really walk into forty. If he plays 35-plus minutes, he's got a serious shot to go for 40 in this game. Yeah. Um, I was looking at James Harden. I'm sorry. I am, I'm, I don't know if I can lay 11.5 with the Sixers right now. It, like you mentioned, it should be a blowout. but That's why I mentioned the team total. Yeah. I, I'd rather just expect Philly's offense to show up. I do like Harden. Uh, let me just see the assist numbers. Yeah, it's 9.5. Nine nine yeah. I'm all over it. I, I would have taken it on the overnight, but they didn't have props up yet. I mean, if I'm expecting Philly to score 100 and arguably 30 points, yeah. I think Harden could walk into 14 assists in this game potentially. Yeah. Nine halves too low. I'll take the over on the Harden assist. Yeah, that was going to be my favorite play of this game. James Harden, um, if you want to go rebounds and assists or if you just want to go rebounds, he's had – I think we might be onto something here, Scott. So, And, again, this was with Brooklyn, uh, but he's had a triple-double in three out of the last five games against the Detroit Pistons. Um, last game uh, against Detroit as a player for the Sixers. He finished up with 18 points, nine rebounds, and seven assists. I'm just concerned about the blowout potential where he just yeah. doesn't play the fourth quarter. But I see 14 to one. I think it's worth a sprinkle. I think it is too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I love his uh, assist and uh, rebounds here tonight uh, for James Harden as well as far as a player prop. Uh, Joel Embiid points here tonight, Scott. I am seeing probably gonna be like 29 and a half 30 and a half 30 and a half yeah he should walk if if the game's close he'll walk he'll, he'll fly over but yeah. you're worried about them blowing him out yeah all right uh anything else for this game no uh you blindly going to during rebounds again or are you afraid about foul trouble uh yeah that's i think that's the one thing that concerns me um but man, he's a machine, dude. Rebounding mm-hmm. the basketball. What's it out? It's not out yet, but I'll, I'll keep an eye on it. Probably will be ten and a half again. You think? If I had to guess, if anything, juice nine and a half. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's get over to the next game of the night. That's going to be the Chicago Bulls off of their victory against the Miami Heat. They head to Atlanta and to get some of those Magic City wings. Um, this line opened up. At let's see here, minus seven in favor of the Atlanta Hawks. That number's been actually bet down to minus six currently over on win bet total. Open about 233 and a half here, Scott. That number's all the way up to 236. Uh, looking at the injury report, uh, Chicago again has extra time because they are on the back to back for the Atlanta Hawks. Pretty clean injury report. Clint Capella cause, continues to be out, and Jared Culver is on a is on a two way deal right now with the G League, so he won't be in this game either. Um, 
Chicago, like I mentioned last night, gets the victory over the Miami Heat on a back-to-back here. So far this season in back-to-back games, Chicago is 3-2 and two against the spread, and they are 3-2 and two to the over. Um, Chicago also on the road, nine, sorry, seven, eight, one against the spread, seven, five, and one against the spread as road underdogs. And Atlanta, we've talked about it. They haven't been very good against the spread overall for the season, but at home, six and nine against the spread, and they are four and eight on the spread as home favorites so far this season. So they don't do very well when they are home favorites. Their last game was against Orlando where Orlando, sorry, where Atlanta barely pulled out that victory. Uh, but here they welcome the Chicago Bulls to town as a six point home favorite here. Scott, what are you thinking about this game? So for spot alone, it's not a great spot for Chicago. They played against Miami. Now they're traveling to Atlanta. I'm going to take Chicago. I like what I saw from this team uh, yesterday and they had Apparently, some type of brouhaha or moment there in the locker room where apparently Levine, according to rumors, uh, might have been involved in some altercations in the locker room with teammates, whatever. But they came out and played well, and they beat Miami. Uh, Second half was especially impressive. I don't like Atlanta at all. And I watched the final couple minutes of that Orlando game. They led by double digits with about four minutes to go and they immediately punted the entire game and got bailed out on a jump shot foul call against Boncaro, and DeJounte made both free throws. I'm not sure it was a foul or not, but the point is they blew a game to Orlando that they should have never been blowing, and they managed to hold on luckily. I'm going to take Chicago. No part of me wants to lay six or seven or whatever number with Atlanta right now. I know the Bulls have problems, but I'm hoping they can build off of what happened yesterday. I'm not laying six or seven with Atlanta. I'm taking Chicago. Yeah, Chicago was on my hell no list. Like, I'm not going to be betting them, but I think Atlanta is Atlanta's on the first two lines of the list, you know? Yeah, I think so, too. Um, I want to see. Yeah, they're not in a back-to-back situation either. Nobody is tonight, but I think DeMar DeRozan has a big game here tonight. I'll say that much um, for the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the plus six here as well um, with Chicago. Uh, Atlanta, I mean, we mentioned it. I think it's – they just don't have the shooters. Like, I mean, Kevin Herter and when Bogdanovich were in the lineup last year for this team, they were able to put up points. And I mean, they're still putting up points, but they they had the shooters, right? And Bogdanovich mm-hmm. just made his way back. Outside of him, they really don't have a legitimate shooter on this team. I mean, Trey can get it up, but – Get Bogdanovich, that's it. But yeah, that's you mentioned the shooting. Uh, the key word, I think, is spacing, which for yeah. this roster as of right now doesn't truly exist. Yeah. Um, thoughts on the total here, Scott? Uh, currently seeing it at 236. I find it interesting how Chicago's on a back to back with travel and the line is just going through the roof for over for the over, which I find interesting. I think I'm leaning on the over just because I feel like that line move seems extremely confusing. Mm-hmm. So clearly there's some type of either a syndicate or sharp money that loves the over in this game. I didn't have a strong opinion about it going in. Mm-hmm. So I'll back the line movement. It seems a little bit too random for me. I think somebody might know something. I'll go with the over. Yeah, it's kind of hard to ignore the, where the money's going in this game. And Atlanta defensively. At- they don't guard anybody. Yeah. I'm trying to see what they have done in the past five games. It's uh, not good. Defensively. I mean, they gave up 50 and a quarter to Orlando. Yeah. 
they're all the way down to number 20 where on the season they were up, I think in top 10. So, and they have won both of those games, but both of those games did go over the total. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll lean with the over here with you as well. Player props looking at it in this game here, Scott. It's going to be a lot of overs because the totals yeah. in the 230s. DeRozan over, I like too. I think he could be a sneaky candidate for 35 tonight. Yep. Uh, Trey Young assists, I'm looking at. Uh, okay. Are you blindly taking Trey Young three pointers under because he's been shooting terribly for about three weeks straight? I think you have to. I kind of want to see how their three point defense is for Chicago. It's, um, I believe, the second worst in the league. Yeah, I think that. I think if I'm looking at any three point props, I'll probably look at Bogdanovich to go over. Yeah, I'm just trying to pull up some props. Uh, uh, what are you looking for? No, I was just going to say, uh, boy on threes, two and a half overs, like minus 180. So that oh. I can't take. I was looking at Trey assists mostly. So Trey double double, something I'm tempted by. I'm assuming it'll be a minus price, but. Uh, Trey double doubles minus one twenty five. I don't mind that. It's a bunch of points to be scored. Yeah, it's a big total too, right? Like we'll see him dishing out the assist. Um, I don't Don- mind maybe a sneaky John Collins double double, which I see at like plus three fifty. Okay, I think that is a shot. Vucevic can stand with a three point line, which might bring a Kungu out of the paint. So you might have some opportunities for Collins, but plus yeah. three fifty. I don't mind that. Yeah, I might get to Bogdanovich's three-pointers, even if it's at three and a half. He's last five games. He's going to attempt like 10 to 12. So Yeah, he shouldn't get at 50%, and he's Mm -hmm. getting up about an average of 10 per game, and he's hit four or more in three out of the last five games, seven, six, and seven, in the one game where he had three against Orlando. So, um, yeah, something at plus – is that plus money? Or you said it's two and a half, right? It was two and a half at a serious minus. So I'm trying to see if there is a three and a half here. Um, I mean, if you go for the alt and you go with uh, four plus threes, you get Bogdanovich at plus 140. I like that. Uh, anything else for this game, Scott? No. Uh, once again, I was kind of reaching there with Collins double-double, but I do think you could argue there's some value there if – uh, you're going to see a Kung will be pulled away from the basket. But yeah. for the most part, I'm looking at Trey double-double. I think he's got a good opportunity here. Uh, Collins, though, once again, arguably 350. I don't mind that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's get over to the next game of the night. It's going to be the Indiana Pacers headed to Boston to take on the Celtics. 7.30 Eastern start. Uh, looking at the opening line for this game, the Boston Celtics opened up as a nine and a half point home favor. That number has been up, bet up to minus 10 uh, total opened up at two thirty one. Uh, money coming in on the over that number is up to two thirty three uh, injury report. Let's start here with the um, Indiana Pacers, particularly an injury report. Nobody of significance is on there. So they're pretty healthy for the Boston Celtics. Marcus Smart is questionable here tonight. He has a non-COVID-related illness. Grant Williams is probable tonight. Uh, He's also dealing with a non-COVID-related illness. Um, But other than that, Jason Tatum, uh, Jalen Brown, Robert uh, Williams, Time Lord is all back. Uh, Al Horford are playing here tonight against the Pacers. Scott, let's start with the side here. Double-digit favorite at home here for the Boston Celtics. What are you thinking about this game? I'm leaning Pacers. Uh, I I like the fact that Horford's back, and defensively he's going to be big for that team. They're still figuring out, you know, the time lord situation. He's going to have to have a couple of weeks to get his footing. But Boston's been slumping. And you can make an argument that they should be on a losing streak, but the Lakers handed them a free 12-point comeback there on that primetime game last week or two weeks ago. But Boston has not played well. 
Uh, they lost both games to Orlando. Second game, Tatum missed. Uh, so I guess you can argue there's an excuse there, but I don't like how Boston's played lately. They're the much better team, but Indiana's feisty. I think that they can somewhat match Boston scoring-wise, and I think you'll see a high-scoring game. So I'm going to lean to the over, but I'll lean to Indiana. I think Boston wins, but we've seen Boston let some teams hang around, especially at home, where they win games, but they don't win by enough. This is one of them to me. I think Indiana's going to hang around, and you'll get a high-scoring game, but Boston wins by like eight. Yeah, I think I, I like Boston early, especially in that first quarter. We've seen a lot of mm-hmm. times this season where Pacers just dig themselves in a double-digit deficit, and then they make a run in that second half. So um, I like Boston early. I think they'll come out and you know knock down their three-point shots early uh, in this game. So I'm looking at Boston first quarter. Um, Nick pointing out possibly a Brogdon revenge game. He might start. Team. He might start because yeah. uh, I believe Marcus Smart is questionable. So yeah, he is. Uh, so definitely keep an eye out for that. If Brogdon does get the start here tonight, if uh, Marcus Smart is not able to go, but yeah, I do like that angle uh, with you on the over. Possibly looking at Boston team total over in this game as well. We know Pacers like playing at a very high pace. Uh, they are number five, I think, is where I saw as far. Sorry, number six as far as possessions per game. So um, and we know Boston. At least early on in the season, they were like getting up and down the floor as well. So the only concern um, is their team totals in the one twenties. So yeah, um, and then both these teams are pretty good at knocking down the three point shot as well. Boston averages sixteen makes per game, which ranks number two, and Indiana fourteen point six, which ranks number five in the entire league. So um, I think we'll see bombs away from beyond the arc here tonight between these two squads. Yep. Uh, player props, you're looking at this game here, Scott. Uh, it's going to be mostly overs. Um, kind of wondering which one to go after because I see a lot of points being scored. Uh, do you blindly take Halliburton assists? Do you look for Buddy Heald threes? It's always tricky with Boston because Jalen Brown or Tatum could go nuts in a given game and might yeah. screw over the other person if yeah. you bet a player prop. So that one I'm a little bit torn on. I do like Al Horford under. I saw okay. it was a nine and a half. Okay. Uh, if you look at his numbers offensively, he really has done nothing for the last couple of games, and some of it's even volume. He really hasn't attempted many shots. He attempted 11 last game, but a reminder, Tatum didn't play, so there are a lot of extra shots to be had. But you're looking at Horford's last couple of games here, and to go through the point totals here, uh, just in order, 8, 6, 3, 5, 6, and he's attempted less than six shots in four of the last five games. So when Tatum and Brown play, there's not enough shots to go around, and Horford usually sacrifices to be a corner three-point specialist mixed in with a defensive guy. I think Horford's number is a little bit too high at nine and a half. Makes sense. Um, yeah, I didn't have really like any player props in this game. Uh, Jason it feels Tatum. like a Mathurin game, but I'm not going to see it like a prop on it. But I guess he yeah. Mathurin having a very good game. Yeah. Um, let me see. Let's try to see if there's assist. Halliburton's assists are at eight and a half here tonight, which is, I mean, low compared to what he's been doing. Recently, he has not been amazing with assists, yeah. but he's. you know that the pace should be high. He's very unselfish. I think he's got a good opportunity, but you have to worry about the blowout. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, let's get over to the next game of the night. That will be the Golden State Warriors. Headed uh, across town to take on the Brooklyn Nets at the Barclays Center. Uh, it's going to be another 6.30 Eastern start. Uh, looking at the lines, 
for this game. This number opened up minus 11 and a half in favor of the uh, Brooklyn Nets. The numbers been bet up to minus 12 and a half. 223 and a half is the total uh, that opened, and that number's been bet up to 224 and a half. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams, Golden State not yet once submitted, but I believe that Clay Thompson has already been ruled out. He hasn't been yeah. playing in back-to-back games. Um, and then for the Brooklyn Nets, uh, pretty clean injury report, Kessler Edwards, David Duke Jr., Dyron Sharp, they're all in G League assignment. So pretty clean for the Brooklyn Nets. We saw the sorry the uh, Golden State Warriors uh, get blown out last night in New York City. Not a huge travel spot. Again, like I mentioned, they're just going over to Brooklyn to take on the Nets uh, after playing in Madison Square Garden last night. But, Scott, uh, let's start with the side here. Minus 12 and a half. Uh, what are you thinking about this game? I'm going to take the Warriors. Uh, even though I'm a Nets fan and the Nets have won uh, a decent amount of games in a row, they've won six straight, they refuse to win by margin ever. They just don't do it. I think his number's too high. I know Golden State's not a good team at all. I know Clay's not playing. I tend to blindly back teams after getting embarrassed on national TV the game prior. Just out of pride. They're professionals. They got embarrassed. I think they'll be motivated there. And the Nets could arguably be overlooking this team because Golden State without Curry is definitely a team that you could easily overlook. But to go through the actual uh, win margin by the Nets in the last couple of weeks here, uh, three, three, 12, 3, 4, 6, 9, 6, 7, 14. They beat uh, Portland by 14, but just once again, their other nine wins, the last nine wins, have been by less than 13 points. They win a lot of games very, very close, and as I said before, they they just zone out for 12 minutes a game, and they let the other team hang around. Golden State stinks. Everyone will be all over the Nets. They don't win ever by margin. I'm not expecting them to. I think Golden State hangs around. They'll lose, but I think the Nets win this game by like nine. I think this game's closer than people think. When was the last time the Nets won by double digits? Uh, Double digits, they beat the Wizards by 12. Uh, Beal, I don't believe, played in that game, so Washington was very shorthanded. Plus, Washington had lost. I mean, that was in the middle of their massive losing streak, but... Uh, the Wizards, I believe, were missing maybe Beal and Porzingis in that game. Uh, Porzingis played, Beal did not. So okay. the Nets, once again, a lot of their wins are close. And it's against bad teams as well. So yeah. I don't know. I feel like people will blindly bet the Nets and assume they win by 20 or 30. As a Nets fan, I don't see it. I think the Nets are going to do what they always do, let other teams hang around and win the game in the end. But I think it'll be closer than people think. Yeah, I don't know if I, I'm not going to be betting this game, but I'm I not betting it either. But I'm yeah. just saying I'm definitely not sprinting. Yeah. I'm not sprinting to the window to bet on the Nets because I've yeah. seen this team all year long and they really enjoy playing with their food all the time. I think if you are going to bet the Nets, you probably want to take them early. Uh, yep. they've, they've been doing really well in the first half of games. And then, like you mentioned, they let teams back in in that second half where we've seen that too many times, especially in the third quarter. Um Again, do the Gold State Warriors have enough firepower here tonight uh, to kind of keep up with the with the Brooklyn Nets? Is a bigger question, but I do like the over in this game, though, Scott. I, I think that Brooklyn will be get will be able to get whatever they want on offense. I won't be surprised if they get close to a hundred and twenty, hundred twenty five points in this game. And I think Golden State is good enough 
to score at least 100 here tonight, even without Clay Thompson. You still have Jordan Poole. Um, you still have Kaminga. Moses Moody can knock down shots for you as well. Uh, I, I do like the over in this game, though. Yeah, I think you'll see points. By the way, Mitch, I see that you sprinted to bet it. You got an alternative spread. You got Nets minus seven and a half. That wasn't my point. My point was laying 12 and a half, but the Nets. I'm not willing to lay double digits with this team. I, I just can't do it. I've, I've seen them really struggle third quarters, fourth quarters. It's a mess. I agree with you about the first half, but I don't know. I think Golden State shows some pride tonight after getting embarrassed by 38 on national TV. Yeah, maybe Mitch, maybe uh... – I think Mitch has been drinking early here tonight. Mitch, go drink some water, buddy. <laughs> no, I, I, I like I like his point if he thinks the Nets are going to win comfortably. But once again, he took an alternative spread. I'm talking solely for 12 and a half. I'm not laying 12 and a half with this Nets team. I just can't do it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Player props in this game. I like the over for a lot of players. Uh, Durant, I think, is unguardable for Golden State. You could argue Kyrie's unguardable, too. I do think there's a lot of value to be had with the depth pieces for Golden State on three-pointers. I think Moody's got a good chance to hit three, four threes. You can argue that Kaminga rebounds might be worth a look if he plays a bunch of minutes. Uh, maybe Draymond props, but hell, maybe he gets ejected. Who knows? I mean, Draymond's kind of a lunatic at times. But <laughs> I am looking towards the three-pointers. Poole could have a big game. Moody could have a very underrated game here. But I think there's opportunities for Golden State to score against this defense. Yeah, uh, Pool last night finished up with twenty six. Uh, Moody knocked down three of his six three point. Oh, sorry, three of six from three point line last night. I think that's a good look here tonight for Golden State Warriors. Um, but there's going to be somebody else step up in the scoring, whether that's Moody, whether that's Kaminga, or somebody off the bench. I mean, last night they only scored ninety four against a Knicks team that is pretty good defensively. We'll, we'll give them that much. Um, but somebody's going to have to step up outside of pool here tonight, and I think that's going to be the big question, whether that's, you know, Wiseman even played 22 minutes last night. Once again, uh, I hope the Nets win comfortably because I'm a fan. But yeah. since I'm a fan and since I've watched this team a lot, there's no chance I'm laying 12 and a half. Yeah. Uh, all right, anything else for this game? No, I got it. All right. Uh, before we move on, let me tell you guys about our presenting sponsor. That's going to be WinBet. Oh, actually, uh, yeah. Looney Rebounds? I think it's worth a look. Nets can't know. rebound to save their lives, so I, yeah. I think Looney should have a good opportunity here. Do you see a number on that? Oh, I don't see any props or Warrior players. No, yet. I'm not going to see props anyway, but I do yeah. think Looney might be a sneaky double-double candidate. Maybe if you just want to take him rebounds. Yeah. I could see him having a good game here. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, before we move on, let me tell you guys about our presenting sponsor. That's going to be WinBet. WinBet is the official online sports book of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, and WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there's a ton of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays. Plus, for the hashtag DGENs only, try your luck at WinBet's Parlay Wheel. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. If you're ready to play, sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet 100, win 100. Limited state availability. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. So they know that we sent you that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offers subject to change. Terms and condition at winbet.com. Must be 20 years or older and present in the state where play through winbet is available. If you're someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And don't forget to enter the SGP Mini Helmet Contest. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash helmet to enter that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash helmet. And also, football bingo is back. The time, this time, for the NFL schedule 
on Christmas Day, free to play, and every bingo gets a $100 SGPN gift card exclusively on the SGPN app. All right, Scott, let's keep it rolling here, my man. Uh, The next game on the board, let's go over to... Uh, let's go over to the other side of New York. Let's stay in the Madison Square Garden where the Toronto Raptors are coming to town for this game. Uh, Nick's on the back-to-back. We talked about how they blew out the Warriors last night, but now they welcome the Toronto Raptors to town. Uh, this line opened up minus one in favor of the New York Knicks. Uh, that number has been bet up to minus two. Uh, total opened up at 218. I see some numbers at 217 and a half out there as well. Looking at the injury report for the Toronto Raptors in this game, uh, I am seeing Gary Trent Jr. is questionable here tonight. Otto Porter is out, and Precious Achua is out as well. Not yet when submitted for the Knicks again because they did play last night. Knicks in back-to-back situations this season are 3-1-1 one, and one against the spread, 3-2 and two to the under. Uh, and again, this team has been uh, playing really well over their last eight games. They're on an eight-game winning streak. They've covered all of those eight games so far in that span. Now they welcome the Toronto Raptors here to town, who the Raptors 15 and 16 overall against the spread. Uh, they're six and nine on the road against the spread. Uh, they're five and four as road underdogs so far this season. But Scott, next, do you think they continue rolling here against the Toronto Raptors? I think they should. Uh, I personally like the Knicks here. Uh, I know Grimes might not play, but four of the five starters did not play in the fourth quarter against Golden State. So I do expect you to see Thibodeau use basically everybody because we know Thibodeau, historically speaking, has never really been willing to give guys a day off, for better or worse. But the Knicks have won eight straight. They've been really good. Toronto stinks, especially on the road. I believe Toronto is 3-12 and on the road this season. Uh, you're looking at the last 10 games. The Knicks rank number one in defensive rating and rebounding rate, and Toronto's in the 20s in both categories. I'm going with the Knicks. I think usually you're concerned about resting guys on a back-to-back, but since they won so comfortably mm-hmm. against Golden State, and since four of the starters did not play a minute in the fourth quarter, I think there's a very good chance they do not sit in this game. I'm going to take the Knicks. Yeah, I can't get fair of the Knicks train right now. Um they're playing well, especially at home defensively. They've been just the only so argument would be if they're sitting players, but Thibodeau's yeah. never been a guy to sit players. Yeah, and like you mentioned, like not a lot a lot of the stars didn't play heavy minutes. Quentin Grimes was the only one that played 30. He was the one that played the most minutes at 32, but he's doubtful here tonight for the uh New York Knicks. But I mean, again, they have enough guys on that bench that can step into that starting lineup. Um, yeah, Julius Randle, 30 minutes last night, Mitchell Robinson, 29 minutes. Jalen Brunson, 30 minutes. So um, I'm going to go with the New York Knicks here tonight as well. Uh, I think that they continue rolling. They win number nine uh, in a row for this Knicks team. And again, I talked about it defensively. They've just been so good at home um, that I think they keep it rolling here against this Toronto Raptors team. Um, total here, Scott, is currently sitting at 27. What did I say? 217 and a half, I think. Yeah, 217 and a half in this game. What do you think? Uh, I'm looking at the under for this one. Uh, Toronto's a team that plays slow. Offensively, they have not been great, especially late in games. Uh, I, for, I forgot the exact number. I tweeted it out. Including overtime, I believe Toronto scored like five points in the final nine minutes against Philly. It, it was awful. It, it was really something else to witness, and I watched it. It was bad. 
But Toronto defensively is good. The Knicks defensively, obviously, are really good. I'm going to look at the under. Uh, I think Toronto is going to try to play slow. The Knicks don't exactly like to play fast either. I see a bit of a rock fight here. But I think the Knicks defense puts the clamps down. I'm on the under. Yeah, the chat really pointing out uh, that the Knicks early have been really good as well. Uh, Mm -hmm. First quarter or first half. um, Over their last 10 games at home. They are, let's see, New York Knicks 7-3 in the first half uh, in their last 10 games at home. First quarter, uh, last 10 at home, 9-0-1 in that first quarter. So, um, yeah, if you like Knicks, I I like them full game, but again, they've been really good, especially early uh, in their last 10 games at home. So uh, that may be another way to look at this game. Player props in this game here, Scott. Um, rebounds for Mitchell Robinson maybe worth a look or Julius Randle? Yeah, I think rebounds definitely a good argument, especially since Toronto, as I said before, ranks in the 20s in rebounding rate for the last 10 games. They don't really have many centers. They use Coloco. Achoo is still out indefinitely. Uh, but, yeah, I think Robinson's got a good matchup for him. I think you can make an argument Randle does as well. I know Randle had a double-double yesterday. But, yeah, I think the Knicks should clean up on the glass and they'll clean up defensively, so I think they'll win the game. All right. Anything else for this game? No, not really. I'll I'll keep fading Toronto at this point. Yeah. Once again, don't fix what isn't broken. Knicks have been a cash cow for everybody for the last couple of weeks. Yeah. I'm not suddenly going to change my mind. All right. All right. Let's get over to the next game of the night. It's going to be eight o'clock Eastern start. We have the Orlando Magic in Houston to take on the Rockets. Uh, this line opened up in favor of the Orlando Magic minus two and a half. That number has been actually bent down to minus one. Starting to see some pickups pop up as well. Total opened up at 223 and a half. That number has pretty much stayed the course at 223 and a half. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams, start with the road team, the Orlando Magic. Wendell Carter Jr., Gary Harris, uh, Chumo KK, and Jalen Suggs are all out for this game. I believe Wendell Carter Jr. is targeting a Friday return for the Orlando Magic. Franz Wagner is questionable here tonight for the Orlando Magic. Right ankle sprain um, is what he has been diagnosed with. For the Rockets, uh, Garrison Matthews is out with a non-COVID-related illness. Jay Sean Tate continues to be out as well. And that is pretty much it. Uh, Scott, let's start with the side here. Kind of shocked to see this line at minus one just because of how I've seen the Rockets, uh, how bad they've been playing over the past couple games. But uh, let's call it minus one is what I see consensus right now for the Orlando Magic. What do you think about this game? I'm going to take Orlando. I think Orlando's been a very good team recently. Uh, I think they should have beaten Atlanta. I'm not sure if that was actually a foul on Murray uh, to give him the game-winning free throws, but – I really, really like this team. I, I just think that Orlando's playing good basketball. I think that the Rockets are not. Last time I saw them, they got smacked against San Antonio, and Kelvin Johnson didn't even play. They still got smacked. Yeah, I'm going to go with Orlando here. I just think that this team is undervalued, and I don't think Houston's very good. So I'll take Orlando. Yeah, it made me nervous when I saw this line open up at two last night. and then I know Franz now, Wagner might not play. So that yeah. might be a reason why. But truth is, he wasn't playing well the last couple games anyway. Yeah. Um, this line movement kind of scared me. I don't know why. I'll go with the Rockets. I'll go with a little contrarian, support the hometown team. Uh, I think they'll come out and play well. I know they didn't do very well against the Spurs, which was kind of shocking to me. Um, 
And again, we talked about how they've been playing well at home uh, ever since they've gotten on this homestand here. Um, I know they dropped the game against Spurs, and I think they dropped their prior game as well. But I think there's enough with Kevin Porter Jr., with Jalen Green. I think Shane Goodson has some success here tonight as well against his front court of the uh, Orlando Magic or lack thereof. Um, so I'll go with the Rockets here. Don't love it, but I'll lean with my hometown team here. Uh, thoughts on the total here, Scott? 223 and a half? Uh, this one's kind of tricky. I, I think I'm leaning over. Orlando's okay. been in some high-scoring games lately. Houston should be in more high-scoring games than they are, which is why yeah. it's tricky. I don't have a strong opinion on the total at all. Yeah, I mean, the numbers are – or the the splits aren't really favoring one side or another either uh, in this game uh, for uh, the Rockets or the Orlando Magic. So – no opinion from me, at least on the total here. Uh, player props we're looking at in this game here, Scott. I think we probably got to auto bet uh, Pancaro if uh, Franz Walker is going to be out here tonight. Yeah, I'd look for Bancaro points. I don't think anyone in Houston can guard him. Yeah. Uh, any other player props? Uh, no. I, I think that's basically it. You have anything you like? Maybe Shane Good rebounds. The only issue, or not issue, yeah, well, the really issue with him is that he gets into foul trouble a lot. I also don't think that maybe bowl bowl points, 10 and a half seems a little conservative for him. Yeah, he's been walking into like 12. Yeah, um, especially if, again, uh, it'll be really determined on if uh, Ron Walker plays here tonight or not uh, for the Orlando Magic. So I'll probably wait for at least Magic props to see if he's ruled in or out is Franz Walker here tonight. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, let's get to the next game here, Scott. It's going to be uh, Dallas Mavericks in Minnesota to take on the Timberwolves. Um Last game, Dallas lost this game. Luka got ejected. Jason Gitt got ejected. Uh, Mavs just had been very good on the road. But uh, it's going to be an 8 o'clock Eastern start as well. Let's start with the side here. The Dallas Mavericks opened up as a a 3.5-point favorite. That number has been bet uh, down half a point to minus 3. I still see a minus 3.5 over at win bet. Total opened up at 227. That number's actually been bet up. To 229 and a half, starting to see some 230s out there as well. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams, uh, let's start with the Dallas Mavericks here. Uh, Dorian Finney Smith is going to be out for this game. Josh Green is also out for this game. Max Kleba, we know, is going to miss extensive time. Dwight Powell also out, sorry, questionable uh, is the official uh, status for him. He's dealing with a left thigh contusion. That is pretty much it. For the Minnesota Timberwolves, Kyle Anderson and Rudy Gobert are both questionable here tonight. Jordan McLaughlin uh, and Torian Prince are out for this game here tonight. Just to be uh, clear, by the way, if we like yeah. Minnesota, we're hoping Gobert doesn't, doesn't play, play, correct? Yeah. Okay, yep. making sure we're on the same page. So if Gobert is in, Give me uh, the Dallas Mavericks. If he's out, I would go with the Minnesota Timberwolves and the over. What do you think, Scott? I'm on Minnesota again. They were my dog a couple days ago. They won the game comfortably. Dallas is terrible on the road. I can't believe they're laying again. I I don't know why I would expect anything different than what we saw the first time out. Minnesota's been good, and with Gobert being out, it really has unleashed Anthony Edwards because of the spacing has been great, and Edwards has been phenomenal the last couple games. I'd look for his player props if Gobert's out again. So Anthony Edwards is my main focal point there for points, uh, or maybe even assists. He's been very good at getting his teammates involved, actually. But I'm on Minnesota again. Dallas on the road is a borderline autofade because they're laying points all the time. That's good enough for me. 
Yeah, uh, I'm actually going to wait to find out the status of Rudy Gobert because I think we've already talked about this at volumes that the spacing, like mm-hmm. he clogs up the paint, right? And um, Edwards has been so good without Gobert in the lineup. Yeah, he's been so, so good. Like, it's crazy how one player can make such a significant difference. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and Nas Reed's been very good. Yeah, he has. And again, he can knock down the three-point shot for you, right, as well. And he's a guy that can actually finish around the basket. I think he's better offensively than Rudy Gobert. But, yeah, I'm going to wait and, and find out if Rudy Gobert's in this game or not. Officially, right now, as we're recording, he is questionable here tonight, is Rudy Gobert. If Gobert's out, Minnesota and probably Anthony Edwards over. Uh, if he's in, I'll probably go with uh, the uh, Dallas Mavericks in this game here tonight. Um, any player props you're looking at? Is for the Dallas side here, uh, Scott? As for Dallas, maybe Luca rebounds. Maybe. Okay. Uh, I was trying to see what the odds were on Edwards' double-double. He's had a double-double in three straight. Okay. Oh, that's a good call. Let me see. And Wait. it's been a variety. He's had rebounds twice, and he's had assists once. But he, he was one assist away from a triple-double yesterday, or last game out. So uh, let me see if I, what I can get here. Uh, it doesn't exist. Yeah, I think they're Damn. probably waiting for the Rudy Gobert news. If Gobert is out, I'd look for Edwards triple double or double double. Okay, actually, triple double. Finish Ooh. assist one assist short. I don't know. I'm curious. I'm curious what that price will be. But I think he'd have a very good stat sheet game. Oh, Gobert has missed the last two games, right? Uh yes. I did he miss the last two or last three? It's probably three because they've won all three. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, but the OKC game was close. So I wasn't sure if that was one of them or not. Uh, let's see. Um, no, he did not. Okay. Yeah. That's another so, game. Nas Reed had 28. So the last, yeah. So the last couple games, Edwards had 19, 11, and 7, yeah. 37, 7, and 11, and 27, 13, and 9. You can find a probably a very nice plus price on double double. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we talked about the total. Um, I think it's if Gobert's in under, and then if he's out over. Yeah, I'm not taking an I'm not taking an under if uh, Gobert's out. Minnesota offensively has been phenomenal. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else for this game? No. Uh, expecting Minnesota to look sharp if Gobert's out, and I'm expecting Luca to uh, at least get one technical foul. Yeah. All right, three games left on the schedule here. Let's get over to the next game. That's going to be let's go over let's go over to OKC. Portland in OKC. Second game of that home and home series uh for this uh for these two teams. Uh Portland uh dropped that first game uh back on Monday night where Shea had that game winning buzzer beater. Uh, to for OKC to win that game, uh, Damian Lillard passed uh, Clyde Drexler for the most points scored in franchise history uh, in that game. Uh, but let's start with the uh, numbers here. The opening number: the Portland Trailblazers opened up as a three and a half point favorite. Uh, that number has pretty much stayed the course at minus three and a half. Total opened up at two thirty four and a half. That number's actually been bet up to two thirty five and a half. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams, to start here with the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, four guys that are probable here tonight. Damian Lillard, Josh Hart, Jeremy Grant, and Drew Eubanks, all probable. New Yusuf Nurkic is questionable here tonight. He's dealing with ride calf soreness. For the Oklahoma City Thunder, Darius Baisley and Josh Giddey did go through shoot-around as the latest, latest note that I saw uh, as far as their status. Um, I am seeing 
Trey Mann is out. He's on G League assignment. And we know Jeremy Robinson Earl has a right ankle sprain. And Jalen Williams is also on G League assignment as well. So um, as far as Josh Giddy um, and what's the other name I mentioned? Uh, Darius Basley. They did go through shoot around today. So probably going to be in there officially questionable right now here, Scott. But let's start with the side here. Blazers minus three and a half, uh, looking for some revenge after their loss on Monday night against the OKC Thunder. What do you think? I really don't have a strong opinion on this game at all. Uh, I, I was originally going to look at the over, but the total's 235 and a half. So I'm yeah. not sure if I can take it. And Portland's the better team, but OKC has been very feisty. And they, of course, are good late in games because Shea is one of the clutchest players in the league this season. Yeah. So I kind of have faith in them to finish out games. I guess I'm leaning Portland. Just for the immediate revenge angle, they lost the game they should have won, and I do think Portland can come out a bit motivated to uh, take care of business here for a full 48. But everything in this game feels sharp, doesn't it? Yeah, this uh, line seems a little bit sharp to me as well. I thought the total was a little bit inflated. What was it 230 last game when um, yeah, give or take. Shea got ruled in? It was either 230 or it was like the high 220s, but the game yeah. flew over anyway, got into the 240s. But yeah. I don't know if I'm ready to fully embrace roughly a double-digit line move towards the over. Excuse me. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't really love anything in this game. Do you just take props. You just hope Lillard or Simons or Grant go nuts because Grant was very good. Yeah, I do like Simons in this game. Those just three-point shots over three and a half. Um, It's like minus one twenty-five, right? Yeah. Uh, he had four in the last game, and I think he's knocked down four or more in three. I think he had five the last game. Yeah, he had five. Let me see here. Yeah, he had, he's, at, he's at five and three of the last four, I believe. Yeah, that, that's what it is. Uh, but he's shooting it well as well, right? Uh, so mm-hmm. I'll, I'll back Anthony Simons here on his three-point shots here tonight. Um, that's the one player prop I did like. If Merck is in, obviously look at his rebounds, but probably if not, then Josh Hart rebounds. you got to go back to – uh, if it's at seven and a half here tonight, but I think they're probably waiting to see if he's in or not before they put those player props out. Uh, you got anything that you like for player props? Uh, for this game, it's going to be mostly overs. You can look for Shea. You can look for Lillard or Simons. I still expect points. I just don't feel great about taking the over because I think it's seriously inflated compared to the last for the last meeting. So yeah. I still like overs. I, I just think that this number is a little bit unreasonable based on how much of a difference there is between the totals in the first meeting compared to the immediate rematch. Yeah. Uh, SGA points, it's at 30 and a half. I mean, he's Shea. You're not going to get an argument from me. <laughs> All right, let's get over to the next game of the night. It's going to be the LA Lakers in Sacramento to take on the Kings. Uh, looking at the opening lines for this game, uh, Sacramento opened up as a minus six point favor. That number has pretty much stayed the course at minus six. Total opened up at 237.5. That number has been bet up to 239.5. Also, see some 240s out there now as well. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams, let's start with the Lakers here. LeBron is probable here tonight. Austin Reeves is doubtful. He's sitting with a right ankle sprain. Uh, Russell Westbrook is questionable here tonight. Um, with a left foot soreness for the Sacramento Kings, pretty clean injury report other than DeMontis Sabonis is dealing with a left hand injury. He's officially questionable here tonight for the Sacramento Kings. Scott, let's start with the side here. Minus six in favor of the Sacramento Kings hosting the LA Lakers. I'll ask you this. If Sabonis is out, 
Do yeah. you think they can realistically cover, assuming LeBron and Westbrook are playing? Is Sabonis that valuable to this team? Without Anthony Davis, yeah. I agree. That's why I'm asking, because there's, yeah. there's a chance he doesn't play. Yeah. So, I'm leaning Lakers. Do I feel great about it? No. You could argue the Kings were looking ahead to this game because they pretty much no-showed the game against Charlotte for several quarters. But they don't guard anybody. Yeah. The Lakers don't guard anybody either. But I do think when you're laying this many points, I need more of a consistent showing on the defensive end. And I don't want to lay this many points when your team is simply trying to outscore the opposition in every game. I think I'm going to lean to the Lakers. They got embarrassed by Phoenix. They benched everybody. I'm ignoring the game. It didn't mean anything to me. But I think you're looking at what the Lakers can do. And assuming Sabonis doesn't play, there are some holes in this Kings team in the front court in general defensively. But without Sabonis, they might get killed on the glass. Like Sabonis is their best rebounder. It's not even close. So I'm going to go with the Lakers. I see a close game. Yeah. Um, and I think Sabonis might not play. He's coming off of a 20-20 and 20 game. Yeah. I think if Sabonis is not able to go, I think even if he is able to go, I really like LeBron props in this game because, it, yeah. again, if Westbrook doesn't go, it's it's the LeBron show. So Do you go for a sneaky uh, Westbrook triple-double again? If Westbrook plays, I think you have to entertain it, right? Whether it's triple double or PRA, yeah, for both LeBron and Westbrook, I think those are. I mean, there's no other scoring options. I mean, Lonnie Walker has been shooting the ball well for them, but you know LeBron's going to have the ball in his hands 95 percent of the time, whether he's bringing the ball up or or whether he's scoring or passing the ball. So, I think that I'm going to be on LeBron props here tonight. Thomas Bryant might be sneaky here tonight, Scott. If, if uh, I was looking double, at double double for Bryant, yeah. I mean, yeah. I know we I know we experimented briefly with that Suns game, but then the Lakers benched everybody. The game wasn't close, and Bryant got yeah. pulled. But assuming Savonis is out, there should be a lot of opportunities for Bryant on the interior rebounding the basketball, or LeBron potentially to go for a double double. But still, I acknowledge Mitch that the Lakers aren't a good team. I'm not saying yeah. they're a good team. Yeah. But when you're missing, or you might be missing, arguably your most important player, and you're also not a good defensive team to begin with, I don't feel great about laying this many points, especially after losing to the Hornets of all teams. The Hornets were just handing out points and free wins for a week and a half, and yeah. they lost at home. I don't want to bet. I don't want to lay this with the Kings. They might win the game. They might cover, but I can't bet them to cover in this game. I just can't do it. Uh, thoughts on the total at two forty? I would have felt comfortable it's like at 235. I know. 240, though. I think I have to lean under. Okay. I think I have to. You can argue that with Sabonis being out, the Kings would play faster. Yeah. But uh, I, this this feels like the Lakers-Nuggets game from Friday night. Total is like 239. It was extremely high, and the game went yeah. under. Yeah. Like You just need one bad quarter. I, I just... I think I'm going to lean under. It well, could go, seems, yeah. go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say it could go over, but based on the number and the fact that Sacramento might be missing its arguably best player and the Lakers are missing arguably their best player too, Yeah, I think I have to lean to an under. There's a couple ways to get there. If the Lakers brick enough three-point shots, the game will go under. Yeah. So I'm going to lean under. Uh, both these teams are actually top 10 in pace. Lebr- sorry, LeBron Lakers are number two. And Sacramento is number seven. 
I think that the Lakers might just have an easy time getting basket uh, yeah, shots on the bas- around the basket. They're number two as far as points out of the paint. Again, that has a lot to do with Anthony Davis. They also can't shoot, so they need to yeah, get every shot. Yeah, and they have to get to the basket. And Sacramento ranks number 27 as far as points allowed inside the paint, uh, 53.6. So I, I think this might be a big LeBron night here tonight uh, for the Lakers. Uh, so I'll probably get on his PRA, maybe sprinkle a little bit on the triple-double as well mm-hmm. uh, for him. Um Anything else for this game? Uh, I do like Jaron Fox points here tonight. He's he's been pretty good against the Lakers. Yeah, I'll go with Fox too, especially if Sabonis is out. Somebody's yeah. going to have to carry the offense. Besides that, uh, Westbrook props don't exist yet, so can't really talk about that. We mentioned Thomas Bryant double-double. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's kind of going to do it for my okay. thought. All right, last game of the night here. Let's get over to the Charlotte Hornets. Taking on the L.A. Clippers, uh, this is going to be a opening line of minus seven in favor of the Clippers. That number has been bet up to minus eight. Starting to see some minus eight and a halves out there as well. Total open up at 225. Uh, that number has pretty much stayed the course. Do see some 224 and a halves out there as well. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams for the Charlotte Hornets, Terry Rozier is doubtful here tonight. He's sitting with a right hip contusion. Cody Martin is out as well, um, and that is pretty much it for the L.A. Clippers. Paul George, Reggie Jackson, Norman Powell, and Zubac are all questionable here tonight. Uh, Kawhi Leonard is a go in this game, so definitely wait for those injury reports, or sorry, for those guys that are on the injury report for the Clippers. Paul George, Reggie Jackson, Norman Powell, and Zubac all questionable here tonight. For the Clippers, uh, Scott, let's start with the side here. Let's call it minus eight uh, for the Clippers hosting the Charlotte Hornets. Oh, this one's very tricky because the Clippers are benching half their team. I think I have to lean to Charlotte. This team is not good. Don't get me wrong. They're not a good team at all. They just played a couple weeks ago. Quiet the clutch shot, but the game was close. And the Clippers have had a hard time closing out games. We mentioned how shorthanded the Clippers might be for this game. Yeah. I'm not betting anything until I get confirmation on the injury report on who's yeah. going to be in, who's going to be out. But you're looking at Kawhi with basically nobody. I mean, you could argue that the Clippers bench is still good. I'm not going to disagree with you there. But the Hornets hung around against this team in the previous meeting. Yeah. And once again, Clippers missing a bunch of key pieces. Zubak would have a great spot, but he might not play either. Yeah. So... I don't really know who to like for the Clippers when I don't know who's going to play. You have Kawhi and Marcus Morris who are basically guaranteed to play. On and wall. then you're what? On wall. Yeah, you got wall, I guess. The point is you're flipping a coin on the other members of the roster. So I think I have to lean Charlotte. I don't feel great about it. I probably won't bet this game. Do you want to lay eight with the Clippers if I told you they're going to be missing 60% of their starting lineup? Probably not. Probably not. So I'm going to lean to Charlotte. Yeah, again, another game where you probably just want to wait for the injury report. Um, it seems like it's half baked in, half of it is not. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Charlotte won a game. They beat Sacramento. Maybe some of that confidence can roll over into this game. But yeah. I, I can't lay eight here. I just can't do it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Anything else for this game? Total is at 225. I don't know how much we can. Again, we talked about the injuries for the Clippers, but yeah, any- whoever the hell's the starting center for the Clippers for this game, I'll, I'll take the rebounds. Whoever the yeah. hell it is. 
Um, who, maybe, who would it be, by the way? If uh, isn't Zubac Moses is Brown on this roster? I thought he was. Our boy is he back? Yeah, I think so. Let me check. I know he's in the league. I'm trying to remember if he was yeah. on the Clippers or not. He's on the Clippers. Would, I mean, it would go against tradition if we didn't take the Brown re- if we didn't take the Moses Brown rebounds, right? Yeah, he played. He started against Phoenix, and he had 12 rebounds. He played 23 minutes in that game. Okay. I mean, so, if Zubox out, uh, yeah. Moses Brown back back at it again. Yeah, and he played four minutes in the last game. I'm see what Zubac was in in that game. All I know is if they release a double double line and it's like ten to one or just something stupid, I'll I'll, I'll blindly take it. Yeah, see, Zubac didn't play last game, and they started. Marcus Morris ended up with 12 rebounds in that game, but we'll keep an eye on it. Moses Brown only played four minutes for whatever reason. There's a lot we'll of see. rebounds to be had. Yeah. All right. So that's going to do it for the um, games. We'll get into our lock and dog here in a second. But before we get to that segment, let me tell you guys about Dave. And with the holidays around the corner, or actually the holidays are here, you know, you might be stressing out a little bit and you're wondering how you're going to be able to make ends meet and shower your loved ones with gifts. Dave can help you get out of the pinch so you can enjoy the holiday season. If you're living paycheck to paycheck or just struggling to make ends meet, the holidays is going to be a really stressful time for you. But with Dave, you can get your money sooner so you can spend more time enjoying the holidays with your loved ones, not having to worry about how much you how much money you have to get through the week. Dave is the banking app that could help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. With Dave, there's no interest, late fees, or credit checks, and there's more money to buy those last-minute gifts or catch up on bills without having to wait for your next paycheck. You can finally tackle those expenses that you've been stressing uh, have been stressing you out about without any hangups. Billions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get financial relief they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch, if you need some extra help, Download Dave and think of it as a helping hand from the future you. Download Dave app from the App Store right now or go to dave.com SGPN. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking services provided by Evolve Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. All right, Scott, let's close it out with our lock and dog for the schedule here tonight. In the NBA, I will let you lead it off, my man. What do you got for your lock and dog? So I've been doing a lot of player props lately. However, I don't think I'm going to do one today. Uh, I was going to do the dog potentially being Orlando. However, Orlando is now favored by roughly a point. There's been a lot of line movement in favor of Orlando. I agree with it. I'm going to take the magic. Uh, Houston has shown me nothing. They got run out of the building against a shorthanded Spurs team last time out. I like this Orlando team. I I think they're actually pretty good. So I think that they have some advantages on the interior. I think that they have really underrated guard play with Fultz, who's been really good. Mm -hmm. But the fact the line has moved so much makes me believe that Wagner's actually got a decent shot to play in this game. I'm going to take Orlando on the money line. Uh, let me just see what the price is. It should be around like minus 115. Yeah, I see yep. minus 115. I'll take Magic Money Line. No offense, but I'm not a fan of your Rockets team. <laughs> I don't think anybody's a fan of this Rockets team right now. We have the talent, but we just haven't been able to put it together yet. The, so. Even the talent's debatable. You have a couple of, of good players. I, I don't know about the Two depth. guys, yeah. Jabari and uh, Jalen Green. 
Kevin Porter's I, got some talent. He I'm on the fence less than he still. thinks he has. But yeah, you know. All right, what do you got for your dog tonight? I'm gonna go back to the well here. I'm hoping Gobert doesn't play. Give me Minnesota again at plus one thirty. I just think that with Dallas being on the road and with really Minnesota looking really good the last couple games without Gobert. I have to go with the Timberwolves. You can argue it's an immediate rematch spot where Dallas will be motivated and they'll, I don't really care. I I just think that you're looking at a spot where the Mavericks are a borderline auto fade on the road and they're still laying three points. It's a Luka tax because Luka alone is going to attract a lot of public betters. I'm going to keep back in the hot team. I'm going to go with Minnesota. They cashed for me last time. I'll take it again. Plus 130, fading a Mavericks team on the road. I think that's a great deal. I'm going to take it. All right. So recap Scott's picks. He's taking the Orlando Magic money line here tonight against the Houston Rockets. And then um, his dog is going to be the Minnesota Timberwolves against the Dallas Mavericks. All right. Um, for my lock. By the way, Cameron mentioned that the Magic are 0-2 as favorites. The point is I got to put my money where my mouth is. I keep talking about how much I like the Magic team. But I haven't given them out enough in lock and dog segments, so I'm trying to make up for it. So let's okay. let's get it done, Magic. All right. Uh, for my lock here tonight, it's either between the Cavs or the Knicks. By the way, my uh, super dog would be either Harden triple-double or something with Edwards that hasn't been posted yet. Yeah, I like that Harden triple-double. 14-1. to um, one. Go with the Cavs. A fun joke while you look it up. I uh, tried to submit the 14 to 1 yeah. uh, for 100 bucks. Yeah. I got limited to about 52. Very nice. So there you go. All right. Uh, give me the Cavs My, on the money line. I'm not going to mess with the spread. Minus 135. Again, definitely shop around for that best number. Uh, currently over on win bet. I see it at, yeah, minus 135 uh, on the money line for the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers here tonight. I think it's a good get-up spot for them. Again, they've lost two in Milwaukee. They're welcoming them into town now, uh, into their building, where they've been just so good against the spread. I think this is a good spot for the Cavs here tonight. So I'll take the money line on the Cavs, minus 135. Also, do like the Knicks here tonight uh, uh, on the money line. They're a one-and-a-half-point favorite now. Uh, they're at minus 125 as well. So um, I'll, I'll go with Cavs officially. For my dog, I'm going to steal a page out of our guy Delonte's book. Julius Randle double-double. Uh, that is currently at, I think it was plus 120, if I'm not mistaken. I was going to guess probably somewhere around the 120, 130 range. Yeah, let me see if I can pull it up. I just had it in front of me. Oh, uh, here we go. Double-double, uh, Julius Randle. Yeah, plus 120 here tonight. He got one last night, but if you take a look at uh, what he's done against the Toronto Raptors, he had, had a double-double in, uh, let's see, four out of the last six games against the Raptors. And in one of those games, he fell short by one rebound, or he had nine. And then in that other game, he had eight rebounds, so two rebounds in that game. So I think that, again, with the lack of size inside for the Toronto Raptors, I think he'll be able to get the rebounds. We know that he can put the ball inside the basket. At plus 120 for Julius Randle Hood tonight uh, as a player prop for my dog. Uh, I will take that uh, to the bank as my dog. Julius Randle, double-double, plus 120 against the Toronto Raptors here tonight. Yeah, I like that too. All right, Scott. That's going to do it, man. Uh, 
A lot of games here on the uh, NBA schedule on Wednesday night, as they usually are. Uh, anything else we forgot to mention or anything else you want to get off your chest before we get out of here? No, you can find me on Twitter, Rice Show Radio. I know that Terrell is back, so I will be on the NFL show later with him to go through Thursday night. My Jets are playing, for better or worse. But we're going to be going through the Thursday night game with the player props, the side total DFS lineup as well, so check that out. Uh, besides that, we'll be back on the NBA show on Friday with Terrell. And, yeah, uh, looking forward to the holidays. Should be fun, and let's make some money. Yeah, Troll will be on the pod uh, for the NBA tomorrow uh, with Delonte, so look out for that uh, as well. And then I think he's doing the Christmas Eve show with Delonte and Ryan McKee uh, on Saturday. They'll record that, so definitely uh, check out that for the Christmas Day games on Sunday. Jets winning tonight or no, Scott? Uh, tonight, no. But they're not going to lose tonight either, so I got that going for me because they play tomorrow. Uh, but No, I'm at the Jets. I know. The Jets don't oh. play today. They play tomorrow. I thought they just played tonight. Oh, God, Lee, I'm getting my days. That's, that's what I'm saying. So they're not going to lose tonight. I'll tell you okay, that. Okay, all right, all right, okay. If Talk you ask me for the Thursday game, game I'm yeah, leaving Thursday Jacksonville. Game. Okay. I'm not going right. to back Zach Wolves. I'm just not going to oh. do it. But. All right. Yeah, I'm getting my days confused. That's how many okay. pods we do around here. All right. Uh, like uh, I said. Speaking of NFL, yeah. uh, breaking news, uh, Matt Ryan can focus more on his basketball career because uh, he got benched for Nick Foles. Oh, there we go. Oh, now you want to make the move, Indy. Now After you, you the blow the biggest lead in the history of the sport. So, yeah. there you go. Uh, that's all it took yep. for him to get benched. All right. Uh, like I said, the NBA Gambling Podcast will be back tomorrow with Terrell and Delonte. Look out for that. Only two-game schedule, but I'm sure uh, Terrell will turn into a one-hour podcast for you guys. Uh, till then, let's hopefully we can have another winning night here tonight. Good luck with your bets. Bet responsibly. Let's break these books off and let it ride. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm gonna go get it. Basketball, give me, give me.